Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Richie. Well, hello there. Welcome to episode 53 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. It's been a long time since the last episode and a lot has happened during the two-year break that we've had. Notable highlights on the pitch include smashing Chelsea twice, once at home and once away, uh, taking three points at home to both Spurs and Arsenal. That was pretty special. But to see Callum Wilson representing our club and scoring on his debut for England, well, that was just incredible. Over the last two years, we've had some players leave us, like Mings and Mousset, but then other talents have joined us, like Billing, Brooks and Big Jefferson Lerma. Uh, we're finally getting some movement on the training ground at last as well. Nonny continues to belt out Red Army and lose his voice every other week. Plus, Jason Tindall still has a great tan. And as a fashionista myself, I've got to say it does go very well in complimenting his £800 trainers. Hey, Drew. Anyway, here at Back of the Net, we've got some changes too. We've got a larger team of presenters and contributors who are going to help run the show. Plus, we've had a cheeky logo change in the aim of making it a little bit clearer to everyone that we are indeed a Cherries podcast. Well, you might want to know what is the same though. Well, we've got the same theme tune, many of the same voices. Plus, for this episode at least... We kicked off the show with the very same iconic commentary that greeted you in episode one featuring Mark Pugh, a club legend who has sadly left the club, of course, now at QPR. But he did really provide us with season upon season of happy memories. We will really miss you, Mark. Another thing that hasn't changed is my name. It's still Sam Davis and I sit in the North Stand and in terms of my views on AFC Bournemouth, I usually take a fairly laid back and placid approach when it comes to supporting the club. But I'll always give criticism where it's due. Uh, Just listen back to the podcast where I end up 
uh, pretty much kicking off at Jeff Mostyn after we got knocked out to press North End in the Cup. But it wasn't the game that was the problem. It was the ticketing debacle. The less said about that, the better. Anyway, Sean, who is usually here with me on the show, well, he's still down under and as busy as ever with kids and family life. However, he will still be a big part of the podcast. Kira, and yeah, it's great to have Back of the Net uh, back on the air. And uh, thanks for all the nice comments online from listeners who have missed us during our extended radio silence. It's nice to be back. And uh, as you said, yeah, life's um, pretty busy down here at the moment. So I'll be chipping in on the show as and when I can. And I look forward to listening each week to all the different voices that are now getting involved, as well as once again, regularly having your beautiful tone, Sam, in my lug holes. Now, my top tip for the season, well, you know, I love a good conspiracy. Juan Aturbe is going to make a stunning return in January. He's going to power us through to our first ever FA Cup final. He's going to lay on the assist for Andrew Sermon to slot home the winner in the 87th minute. I can see it all now, Sammy. In in fact, you know what? I'm off to the TAB right now. 20 bucks, sticking it down on that. So you've got the show from here, eh, Sam? Kakitiano. Uh, well, I certainly hope I've got the show from here, Sean. But anyway, what's a TAB? Is that is that a betting shop? I think it is. All this Kiwi lingo that you're still using, mate. Come on. Anyway, we're looking for a more collaborative approach with regards to Back of the Net and future podcasts in order to make it a cheery thing and not a chore like it sometimes was. So without further ado, I want to introduce my co-presenter for this and I'm sure plenty of podcasts as the matches go by. It's Mr. Jeff Hayward. Jeff, how are you? Very good, Sam. How are you? Uh, very good. Uh, just come back from a holiday, but I'm all refreshed. Looking forward to the season and it all starts on Saturday. But I'm, I'm quite interested in your background in terms of AFC Bournemouth. I mean, I think you grew up in the area, but um, what was your... I mean, how did you get into supporting the Cherries? Well, uh, I grew up in Winton. Uh, first went along to see the Cherries back in uh, 1971. Uh, <coughs> uh, yeah. And uh, John Bond, Phil Boyer, Ted McDougall, John Sainty, Mickey Cave, all wow. the guys. Mm, fantastic. And I even remember watching Harry play on the wing for us and singing, We've got Harry, 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 Red Nap on the wing, on the wing. <laughs> Oh, so you can tell I'm getting on a bit, Sam. I'm getting on a bit, but plenty of experience, well. plenty of experience. That's all I can say. Oh, amazing. So uh, you must have been there throughout the big events then. I mean, in the AFC, but I mean, we've our club history is fairly limited, but, you know, name some of the things that you've seen well, or witnessed. Yeah, good point. I mean, plenty of ups, uh, lots of downs too. I was there for the cup win against Man U back in 84, went to Wembley, yeah. see us lose against Grimsby, the great escape win, Brentford. Wow. I was there for that. That was a fantastic day. Eddie's debut as a fresh-faced 18-year-old right back. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so I've seen a lot, points, deductions, relegations, collections, and lots of other things. And um, here we are, Premier League. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, who would have thought it? I mean, I, I, I never even thought that we would get as far as we did. Uh, I think the championship was always going to be the sort of top, you know, top level for everyone. But then when, when we got promoted, I mean, it's just been crazy. And we are more than consolidating. And there's a lot of excitement ahead of this season, isn't there? Um, we'll, we'll talk about that later on. But uh, yeah, but you're not living in Bournemouth at the moment, are you? 
No, I uh, I live in Brighton, been here for about 20 years. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Brighton, you know, they're, a, they're probably, what, second best South Coast club, I'd say, after us. But, yeah, yeah you know, they're <laughs> very jealous, very jealous around here. And it's been great being here, bringing the boys up, having the boys wearing Bournemouth shirts at all the football things that we go to and just, yeah. just loving being the uh, the only Bournemouth fan in Brighton, it feels. Uh, I know there's a website, I think it's North Stand Chat and on the Vitals Forum and on Twitter, everyone goes on about what, but I, I mean, I've not seen it myself, but I know that there's a lot of fans that constantly moan about AAC Bournemouth and, um, oh, I love it, I love it. They're, they're very jealous and it's because, you know, they, they've got a stadium, they've got a really good Premier League infrastructure and they look at us and think, what a, what a small town, small time club we are. Uh, mm. But, you know, we're still better than they are on the pitch and guess what the best day of my life was last season? Um, I'm guessing it involved the number five, is that right? Oh yes, oh <laughs> yes, what a game, what a day, that was just superb. You must have been strutting around the city like you own the place. It would have been oh, incredible. Just fantastic. I mean, there are so much, so many people I know who support Brighton, and mm. they they stopped communicating with me after after that second goal. They just, it was so funny, <laughs> fantastic. Loved it. Loved it. Superb. Well, with Jeff being in the UK, uh, we should be able to synchronise watches pretty well this season. So we're aiming to release the podcast every Monday morning before you go to work so you can listen on your journey in. Uh, We're hoping that we're going to get the right mix of coverage throughout the podcast. So we've got Sean's view from down under, of course. We've got Jeff's from down the coast and also my view from inside the ground. But uh, it's not only that. We're going to be heavily having the supporters involved yet again and I'll be chatting to fans after each and every game in order to get some vox pops for the podcast more details about that later um it may involve the word youtube as well don't hate me for it but hear hear what i've got planned later on we've also still got the phone number active as well so if you want to leave a message that way that's cool and the voice notes again uh, will be open so you can WhatsApp them through or just record it on your notes app on your phone if you want to if you want to make it perfect and then just email it through to us. Uh, so just before we get started, uh, we have got a little bit of housekeeping to go through before we start the show. Firstly, whichever podcast app you use, please press subscribe because it really does help. Now, we should be on most podcast apps i think we're on pretty much all of them uh but if you are please press subscribe because that really helps and why not if you if you use itunes as well i I don't really know how the algorithm works however i do know that if there's a podcast that gets lots of reviews it seems to go up the listings so if you can review us that's great i know we're probably only about eight or nine minutes into the show so far so if you're a new listener you you might not be best placed to make a review but I would say it's five star worthy, so why not do it and leave a quick comment as well? Um, and it's it's been great to see everyone spreading the word about us. We've been sort of active to build the show up on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, etc. Uh, really chuffed with all the comments and there's been loads of excited people. And yeah, we're, we're, we're really proud to sort of bring this back. Uh, and if you like the show, please retweet it, share it, leave a comment or do whatever you can. Hi, this is Gary Chapman, the bloke who stands in the back of the North Stands shouting up the cherries. You're listening to Back of the Net. 
So, on to the season preview. Now, Jeff and I are going to take you through our thoughts about what we think is going to happen in 2019-2020 season. But here's what some supporters said about their thoughts and their hopes for the forthcoming year. Hi, I'm Chris Root and I sit in the Ted McDougall stand. I'm pleased with the transfer business we've done this summer. I think we've signed promising young talents. It'll be interesting to see who starts in goal. I think I'd like to see Ramsdale given a chance. If we can get Lewis Cook fit and avoid further injuries, then I definitely believe we can push for top half, ninth or 10th. Up the cherries. Hello, it's Dan King from the South Stand. Can't wait for the new season with once again a youthful team who have another year of Premiership experience. The biggest signing for me is keeping all our key players, not to mention another year of Eddie Howe. Let's not forget he was linked to Tottenham under the United effect. I'm expecting the biggest or best season yet if we can remain injury free. This looks unlikely with a recent injury to Brooks. However, Eddie has decided to add depth to his squad this year which will help any injuries. With two youthful defenders plus Billing in the centre of the park who adds strength and height. And real excitement for me is Dan Juma who has pace and an excellent cross, a bit like Fraser. A key partnership for me this season is Lerma and Cook who need to connect together to dominate games. Come on, you cherries. Hi, guys. It's Nobby Dog from the East Stand. It's great to have you back for the 2019-2020 season. You have been missed since 2017. My hopes for the season this year is we take at least one of the cups seriously. Uh, We don't leak as many goals um, and we don't lose to the lesser teams. We do fantastically beating the top six and then we lose to the teams uh, below us um, like last year was Huddersfield and please this year can we beat Southampton away so uh, my prediction for this year is that we'll finish 10th after some great summer signings good luck with the podcast speak to you soon Hi it's Steve Wright I'll be uh, sitting in the north stand this season with my son Joe moving from the family stand uh, positive for the season coming forward. I think once we get everybody back from injuries, Harry Wilson on loan will be icing on the cake. Mid-table, up to uh, hopefully eighth finish. Certainly top half anyway. I'm Chris from the main stand. Feeling pretty good about our chances this year. I think we've got some exciting attacking talent and a young, hungry team with all the new signings. Personally, would have liked a new goalkeeper. But I think if we can keep hold of everybody, it's been a really great transfer window. Um, really looking forward to Saturday. be interesting to see who Eddie Howe picks as his team because we've got a wealth of attacking options now. I uh, predict a 10th place finish for us. Be over the moon with top 10. Up the cherries. Hi, my name's Nathan. I sit in the East Stand. Uh, for this year, I'm hoping that we can look to progress on previous years. I'm hoping that some of our young, younger players... Uh, the likes of Brooks, Fraser uh, and the new signings, Kelly and Stacey, um, can really progress and move the club forward. Uh, it's going to be harder than any other year. The teams are spending some serious money. Uh, the likes of Leicester, Everton have gone out and really spent some, some serious cash. Uh, so it would be a real achievement if we could break into the top 10. Um, but that's what I'm hoping for. 
Okay, so uh, some very interesting thoughts there. And I want to say thanks to Chris Root, uh, Dan King, Nobby Dog. Thanks, thanks, man, because you you were a big supporter of the show uh, in its last iteration. Uh, Steve Wright as well, Chris Churchill, and also Nathan in the East Stand. Um, Some really positive views, Jeff. Uh, Are you positive? Oh, very positive. I think you look at the acquisitions, you look at the people that we've held on to, and it feels like we've got the depth that we've been lacking in the last few seasons. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And uh, I, I mean, there, there wasn't much I sort of disagreed with where, uh, uh, there. By the way, if you if you didn't hear your voice, don't worry. We had so much interaction that we're going to have some more fans' thoughts at the end of uh, mine and Jeff's blurb. And uh, I mean, a lot of the optimism that we've got is obviously based around what's happening on the pitch. Um, th- I mean, there's some good news off it, but the signings that we've made. Have you have you ever seen a a squad? that looks on paper as strong as this? Uh, I think it's staggering, staggering, really. I mean, it topped off by that news yesterday about Harry Wilson. I oh, mean, no. you know, if anybody, if anybody's seen Harry Wilson's uh, clips on YouTube, my God, that guy is talented. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, when you think about the options that we'll have once our injury, our sort of injured, uh, Harim come back so we've got Dan Gosling uh, we've got David Brooks obviously we've got I mean we've got so many that we can mention Lewis Cook is still not not quite there Simon Francis you know Charlie Daniels is you know, finding his feet again Steve Cook played in the friendly against Leon looked like he'd never really left the pitch to be honest so whether he'll be in contention against the Blades who knows but we I mean I, I've barely scratched the surface there in terms of our injuries, but you can see that there are some like-for-like replacements. Um, so, you know, Harry Wilson, for example. Uh, but anyway, let's just go down the list and uh, talk yeah. about the players in, in no particular order. So Arnout Jan, uh, Danjumar, who we got from Club Bruges, played against Leon. Yeah, and it looks looks good, looks good. Looks uh, yeah. like that sort of left-wing player that cuts in on his right foot a lot, which... Eddie does like that way, uh, that way of playing. So I think he'll fit in with the system and looks a decent crosser of the ball and a decent finisher as well. So very excited to see him. Uh, the one difficulty I've got is how on earth you pronounce his name because you said Arnau. I'd say yeah. Arno, but, you know, Danjuma, Danjuma, I don't know. You know we'll uh, figure that out. Well, if you... If you pronounce a surname in a particular way, there is a certain cartoon of the 80s, 90s that fits perfectly. Now, the Danger Mouse theme tune. I've seen some people <laughs> writing scripts already. It works, guys. It absolutely works. But, um, yeah, maybe less said about that, the better. Um, also, in the Lyon match, uh, centre midfield, Philip Billing, who we acquired from Huddersfield for around £15 million. He looked awesome in the middle of the pitch, I thought. Very solid. Looks a good reader of the game. I think he'll help. Help probably take the pressure off uh, off Jefferson Lerma. I think because yeah. you know Lerma was the enforcer in our midfield last year, and he was pretty much doing it on his own. Hence, he got booked every game. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think having somebody else who who can break things up, and that's what that's what billing strength looks like. He also looks to add a lot of height, and you know we get bullied a lot by other sides over the years. So I think he'll be a great asset in that midfield. 
Yeah, I, I mean, these these preseason friendlies are always very difficult to gauge, but he just looks so assured on the ball and, you know, very strong as well, pacey, uh, you know, held up well, distributed very well. And then he came off in the second half. I, I think it was a knock, so uh, precautionary more than anything. But, I mean, at this rate, you can see him going straight in. Uh, one person who isn't, Sadly, he's Lloyd Kelly, who's uh, one of our new players, but he's he's going to be out uh, for a little bit. But left back signed from Bristol City for eight figures. Um, also has played for England under 21s as well. Uh, can also do a job in the middle as well. Um, have you seen much of this guy? Yeah, the, the stuff I've seen, he looks very, very good. Again, a good fit with our system. A uh, good pass for the ball, doesn't seem to panic unduly under pressure and yeah. really good at getting forward, got a lot of pace on him. So I think he'll be a great asset box to box. I mean, that, that's that's what Eddie likes from his, his fullbacks. You know, you've got to be able to get up and down the pitch, but uh, also pass the ball out, not hoof it. So I think he'll be a good fit. Yeah, and certainly competition for players like Charlie Daniels, who's uh, uh, and also Rico, who are, I mean... Uh, he has got an incredible left foot. I've never seen a delivery like it when he gets it right. However, it's just his kind of the way he thinks is not quite on a par with the rest of the team yet. And is when he has when he doesn't have time to think, he quite often makes errors. Yeah, I'm not convinced about Rico. The games I saw him play in the flesh last season, you know, he just he just didn't look on the same wavelength. His heart wasn't in it to me and yeah he's got potential but I, I kind of left every game feeling why is he playing why is he in the team because he, he doesn't seem to fit at the moment and uh, breakthrough yeah. season for him I think breakthrough yeah he, he seemed to be afraid of going forward uh, quite a bit and was always maybe a, a little bit uh, conservative with his uh, you know decision making but I mean I'm really hoping that uh, he can improve and obviously of course there is a language barrier as well but then you know Jefferson Lerma's had the same issue and I mean there was a video that um, AFC Bournemouth did on AFCB TV with I think like him and Andrew Sermon were like I don't know they were tossing pancakes or something and Andrew <laughs> Sermon was asking Jefferson questions and all and all Jefferson could say is yes yes um, and it, so he's still he, he's still learning however um he's certainly adapted you know a lot better his goal on the last game of the season against palace despite our loss was incredible scored uh, yeah. in their pre-season friendly as well against leon uh no sorry against lazio so yeah um it's yeah, it's all very exciting, and not least uh, Harry Wilson, who we'll talk about. But yeah, Jack Stacey came in as well from from Luton Town. He's a right back. He looks to me like a very young uh, and dare I say it, slightly more athletic uh, Simon Francis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, overlaps well. Big guy looks looks very aggressive going forwards. A solid defender, and mm. you know, he reminded me of Francis about five or six years ago at his peak, probably. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, got, got lots of potential, and I think a, um, a lot of Luton fans were was very sad to see him go. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Joe uh, Joe Ross, who uh, is one of the back of the listeners, uh, you're going to hear from him later as well. And he also exclaimed that he was very excited to see Jack Stacey in action. But I think Harry Wilson's the one that most of us are looking at. I mean, he's in on loan for the season, but uh, he could absolutely tear up that right side, couldn't he? Oh my God! I mean, what what a left foot that guy has got! You, yeah. you just need to uh, check out that goal he scored for Liverpool last week against Leon. 
30-yards uh, top corner. I mean, I'm not kidding you. That That's just one of many that he's scored like that. He's a yeah. very talented player. Very talented. Yeah, that's right. But of course, uh, we've been able to fund some of these moves uh, with some money that we gained um, from the release of Tyrone Mings. Well, Aston Villa signed him for 20 million, up to 26 uh, based on appearances. Uh, it's interesting seeing this all play out on Twitter with Aston Villa fans originally before he'd signed saying oh, 20 million is way too much for Tyrone Mings. And then he, he ends up signing for 20, turning into 26 and they're all almost laughing at Bournemouth. But then we're all kind of laughing as well, thinking, oh my goodness, you know, for a guy that's barely played, um, we've managed to completely, well, we've got about three Tyrone Mings's fees for what we paid originally. Um it's sad to see him go. However, it, it just didn't work out for him, did it? No, and I, I think he, he was hampered, obviously, by injury. Uh, a good friend of the pod. I mean, he played football with you, didn't he, that one night, I remember? Mate, that was amazing. It was, yeah, I was, I was actually, when I was uh, learning about how on earth to do the podcast again, because being out of action for a couple of years, you, you sort of forget what to do. And I was listening to that very episode. I think it's number 49. So if you're if you're interested in the inside scoop, right, of what happened that night, I was recording live when it all happened. It's episode 49, I think. Uh, it's called uh, Kickabout Capers or something like that. And um, uh, yeah, the story, I mean, everyone sort of roughly knows how the story goes. Uh, one of my friends, Alex Deutsch, puts out a tweet saying... Uh, well, no, you know, it's actually Tyrone that put out a tweet saying really want to kick some ball because uh, he hadn't played in a while, just, you know, wanted to kick around. And Alex Deutsch replied saying, yeah, come down, little down, Tuesday, 8.30, be there. And he only went and turned up. It was crazy. <laughs> Him and um, a guy from Yeovil, Omar Sawumi, and that was that was a special night. And it's he's a lovely guy. And he, uh, it, like I say, it didn't just work out for him. And there, there is a lot to be said, in my opinion, for players who have the right media skills and engage with the fans because whilst you know technically he perhaps wasn't the best uh he leaves on very good terms i mean obviously it helps that we've got 26 million for him of course however there have been other players that have left in not so recent times but uh you know players that have left previously under under a little bit of a cloud but not so much tyrone ming so obviously we wish him all the best at villa but Maybe not in the match against us. I think we'll we'll find out second game of the season how much his game has come along because uh, Villa fans certainly rate him and they wouldn't have paid that much for him unless they did rate him. Yeah, that's right. And another ex-Cherry that we'll be facing in the first game. Now, this should be interesting, shouldn't it? Lise Mousset. How did we get 10 million? Ah, <laughs> oh, beats me. I mean, what what did he do last season? How many goals did he score? I think it's barely any, wasn't it? You know, he's yeah. just... He, yeah, he wasn't exactly prolific. I mean, he didn't obviously get his chances uh, that much, but uh, I always thought there was potential there, but it was just never realised. And apparently, I mean, there, there are rumours of not a not a great attitude. And you know, obviously, that's the thing that Philip Billing, uh, you know, Huddersfield fans were saying about you know Philip Billing. So hopefully, that won't cause problems. However, um, with Lease, uh, he just didn't seem to fit in. Um, and he... obviously, we wish him well. We do, we do. I think he, he was one of those players that, that really always looked like he had potential but could never convert. I, I've got to say, talking with some Sheffield United fans, they reckon he'll be their fourth or fifth choice striker. So wow. maybe we won't see him this Saturday. Who knows? 
Mm. Elsewhere, um, we'll we'll lead up to the one of the big departures, uh, quite an emotional departure. But uh, Conor Mahoney, he's gone to uh, Millwall. Uh, Emerson Hyman being loaned out to Atlanta. Um, Sam Surridge, uh, he's at Swansea, so that should be a good test for him as well. Good luck with that move, Sam. Uh, but I'll start with uh, two left, Mr. Harry Arter, who's gone to Fulham on loan. That's that's got to be a, a pretty good move for him. I think it will be, and obviously reuniting with Scott Parker, so he's got yes. that really good family connection. And I, I never really felt that Harry would be that happy at Cardiff, you know. He's... No. It, it, the the Premier League felt like it was probably had got to a level that was one above where he needed to be playing. So mm. you know, I think he'll do really well in the Championship. Yeah, and there's another player that obviously through the promotions, I think many fans always wondered, you know, would he cut the mustard? You know, moving from League Two to League One to the Championship and then into the Premier League. Yeah, he scored goals, he chopped defenders inside out, turned, twisted, Johan Cruyff the lot, Mark Pugh. How sad are you to see him go? Very sad. I mean, the, uh, the image of uh, Mark Pugh wearing a sombrero will be one that <laughs> will live with me and many Bournemouth fans for, yeah. for a long, long time. Uh, I, I'll never forget that penalty he got for us in that first game at Man United at Old Trafford. I mean, you know... Yeah. I mean, is it anything to turn Phil Jones inside out? Maybe not, but he did that and he got a penalty. So, I I absolutely love that um, that picture of everyone. I think Ryan Fraser's wearing it. Uh, J- uh, Jeff Mostyn at one point wearing the sombrero, and it's it was such a last minute thing. You could just tell because it was a nice little sombrero, and someone had just thought, you know what. I'm going to use Times New Roman font type premiere in landscape. I'm going to laminate it and somehow stick it to the front. And it, it, it looked awful, but it seemingly worked. And if you Google, you know, like if you Google image, Jeff Mostyn, it is one of the first images that appears. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So you're feeling positive about the season then, yeah? I am. And most of that, I think, is down to the players that we've kept. So we've kept Brooks. We've kept Ryan. Will, uh, sorry. We've kept Ryan, Brooks. Yeah. We've kept Ryan Fraser. We've kept Callum Wilson. Um, who would have Nathan thought Ake, that when it went into that sort of close season? Mm. Yeah, that's right. Nathan Ake, the club are saying hands off Leicester. He's he's worth seventy five million minimum, and that sort of you know put them off a bit. But anyone who watches uh, you know Nathan Ake in action can see that if Harry Maguire is worth eighty million, then you can't say that Nathan Ake is not near that. Surely. I quite agree, and I thought uh, I thought it was absolutely the right thing to do to put a, a big price on Nathan. You know, there's no way Leicester would uh, would pay that for him. But also, I think it, it it's it sends out a great signal. You know, we are not a selling club. We are not Southampton. We are not like those clubs that need to sell all our best players. We can keep them, and we can build on it, and we can get yeah. better. Yeah, exactly. Which is as good as the AFC Bournemouth motto. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I um I completely agree. And you know, speaking of Southampton, there, I saw their kit launch for uh, I think it's their home kit. Oh my goodness, it's 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 awful. However, the Bournemouth kits, I'm I'm quite liking. I mean, especially that um, you know, the away kit. It's like got a little sort of purple streak. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think it's quite a it's quite a difference from where we've been. Uh, but yeah, I kind of I kind of quite like it. I think I think. What the kit needs to do is make us feel good and feel proud, particularly away, because let's face it, you know, results wise, that's where we need to pick up next season. And at least if we're wearing a kit, we'll feel good, won't we? 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, with regards to the home kit, there there are only so many things you can do really with red and black. I think sometimes they alternate <laughs> the stripes and then you've got the collar, sometimes a V-neck or a round neck. And, you know, Umbro have, have made this this season's home kit pretty nice. Not not overly sure about the third kit, but we will see um, how that plays out. Um, but in terms of off the pitch, there's there's some sort of good news with the training facility that looks like it's you know they it will get planning permission by the looks of it and uh, you know there's there hasn't been a spade put in the ground yet but um it looks like all things will be system go in the months to come and i think that's good i think the the one thing we we can't kid ourselves about is the the actual stadium itself and and from what i can see and read that seems to be pretty much in a in a holding pattern yeah that's right i mean uh, as far as i can see it obviously they want to uh, they want to you keep the stadium in the in the location where it is in Kings Park, but they can't really do that whilst the training uh, facility is where it is now. So they've got to move it to uh, Camford Magna. Uh, and once they do, once that's cleared, then hopefully we'll look at, you know, having a stadium sorted. But we will see uh, how that pans out. So, uh, mm, yeah, it should be an interesting one. But all things are looking positive. Is there anything else you want to sort of mention in, in general? No, I think uh, I think it feels like uh, the club's in a pretty good place. You know, we've got uh, we've got a solid foundation to build on, and actually, you know, maybe maybe wanting a bigger stadium is not the right thing because you and I both know how many sides feel uncomfortable coming down to our place, playing yes. in front of ten thousand. You know, they don't like it. The fans are close to the pitch. Um, that's something we need to to keep playing to our advantage this season. Mm, yeah that's right and there are some more positive thoughts on the way as we pick up some more fans thoughts ahead of next season so these ones come courtesy of joe ross and ad brown and of course dan vature at the end all right guys my name is joe and i tend to normally sit in the north stand my thoughts on the upcoming season uh really looking forward to seeing the signings we've made um particularly jack stacy actually over over the rest i just think he's got something that not a lot of people might expect. I'm not sure what that is, but looking forward to seeing him. Harry Wilson, obviously, is a very good signing. Uh, also looking forward to seeing him. Um, I think it might be quite a good season for uh, Diego Rico. I think he might come out of his shell a bit and, and uh, prove us all wrong. Um, and above all else, I just want to have a good season. I'm not overly fussed about where we'll finish. I just obviously want to stay in the league. I just want to enjoy each game. Um, a lot of the time last season, I don't think I particularly enjoyed the games. Um, so that that's really what I hope, is to, to have an actual enjoyable season for a change. Hi there, it's AD Brown here. Um, sitting in the North Stand for more years than I care to remember. So, thoughts on the season for us this year? I think that we've got the real opportunity to have a run at the top 10 this year. I uh, really don't think that we're under any pressure at all to go down uh, we've had some really solid signings over this window. Uh, I reckon £36.5 million for both Mings and Musa is excellent, excellent business. Um, bringing in Billing is probably a cracking bit of business. Uh, he has a much-needed height um, and some strength to centre of midfield. I think him playing alongside uh, Lerma adds a real bit of strength to our core. Um, that coupled up with Dan Juma on the ring, who looks like a really, really exciting player, fills me with quite a lot of confidence, if I'm honest with you. Um, I know I've got a couple of Luton friends who are 
absolutely gutted at losing Kelly. So um, they really, really rated him very, very highly. So if he's got the opportunity to come in and be a Brooks type of signing, um, should, you know, again, be really exciting. Using the same word, lots and lots and lots here. In terms of overall performance for this year, yeah, I mean, we scored, what, the uh, most goals outside of the top six last year. So um, that coupled up with our signings should see us not really struggle to to certainly create ourselves opportunities. Wilson looked like he was on fine form in pre-season. So if that carries on into the first few games um, where we've got the likes of Villa and Sheffield United, I think we can get some good, decent points on the board early like we did last year and set ourselves up for quite a good campaign. I think our defence probably is still a bit of a concern. Um, I would have liked to have seen um, one, certainly, centre-back come into partner Ake uh, and Cook. Um, that would have helped quite a lot. Uh, Begovic didn't really cover, ourselves in, cover himself in glory over pre-season. That second-half performance against Lazio was pretty... Um, pretty shambolic in all honesty but we've got some young lads who are looking to come through they're only really going to get experience by playing games so we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah overall I think we've got more than enough to stay up uh, I think 10th really is a good good shout for us to be, to, to be aiming for this year um, we've certainly got a lot more depth and quality in the squad than other teams around us Southampton ugh, they're Always going to be always be struggling at the moment with the way that they're spending money. Newcastle losing Benitez over the summer uh, probably puts them at, at risk. But I, I think my bottom three to go down would be Sheffield United, Brighton, and Norwich. Uh, and I, I think that we should see ourselves well clear of that by February time. Really, um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Uh, catch you later. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm a season ticket holder in the South Stand. Every year, think to myself the same thing. I'd be happy just to survive in the Premier League. Still can't quite believe we're there. But I think this is the year we need to push on a bit and show we can offer something a little bit more. Really happy with the signings we've made, particularly Harry Wilson. Saw him in the Championship, think he's really promising. Happy we've got him on loan rather than paying a big transfer fee at this point as well. A little bit worried about the goalkeepers. I think Travers and Ramsdale are unproven. And I don't have as much faith in Begovic or Boric as previously. Um... I think it's going to be a case of us outscoring the other teams this season rather than uh, relying on that defensive work. But I guess that's always been the Bournemouth way and what we're used to. Looking forward to the journey this season and seeing how well we can do. Yeah, cheers for that, Dan. And I I completely agree. It's going to be... um very exciting this season so thanks to all who submitted their voice notes to us whether it was on whatsapp or emailed or whatever all of it really helps us we just asked over uh, social media for 30 to 45 second clips ad brown two minutes 57 seconds thanks mate you did sound as though you'd just woken up to be fair so it's all all's fair uh but thanks very much and if you want to contribute again we would be more than welcome to be having your thoughts after the sheffield united game so here's a phone number note this down on your mobile it is 01202 90 10 48 that's 01202 90 10 48 what that does is it'll go straight to voicemail and uh, you can leave your thoughts on the match against the blades you could be drunk and walk about and sing a song whatever you want to do and it gets emailed to us and then we'll just play it out on the show or you can record a voice note prepare it write a script whatever uh, you can redo it if it's rubbish and just email it to us fans 
at afcbpodcast.com, no doubt. We will give those links a plug again on Twitter. Uh, so if you're not following us on social media, at AFCB podcast and that's the same forward slash AFCB podcast on Facebook and same with Instagram too right the big game is not far away hi this is the big one Steve Fletcher and you're listening to back of the net Ah, it's so good to hear the dulcet tones of Steve Fletcher again. We'll try to get him in for another jingle at some point this season. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, on your podcast app, scroll back because Sean does uh, an incredible interview with Steve Fletcher that I love. And there are other like interviews we've had. Ted McDougall, uh, Steve Jones is also a belter as well. So do check them out. But Saturday's game is only two days away. Or if you're listening on a Friday, it's tomorrow. And I bet you're really excited um the sheffield united fans are equally excited and we caught up with ben from the blades pod they are at blades pod on twitter to see their thoughts ahead of saturday's matchup i think united getting promoted last season was uh it was a bit of a dream to be honest and i think a few of us are still kind of with this feeling of um unreality at what we've achieved i mean we were we were in league one three seasons ago one year in the championship and then uh, finishing second the next year to come up was yeah pretty much beyond I think most fans hopes it more than expectations really to be honest so yeah it was uh, it was a phenomenal season I think one that will just live very long in in the memory of of all United fans and yeah it's, it's great to be back in the Premier League a 12 year absence where we um spent half of it in League One I suppose so yeah, to get to get up to the championship was great, and to back, be back in the Premier League is is really exciting. I know everyone's really really looking forward to it. Um, I guess in terms of uh, transfer activity over the last few months, I'm really happy with what we've done here. We have quite a, I guess, a relatively limited budget. We have spent some money, which I think has probably surprised some of our own fans the extent to which we've done it. But we're kind of almost. Um, I guess almost a League One setup in terms of our scouting network. So we're we're very sort of UK focused in I guess the knowledge of players. So we've done exactly what I hoped we would do, and that is kind of um, cherry pick some of the best attacking talent in the Championship. So we picked up Callum Robinson from Preston, Luke Freeman from QPR, Ollie McBurney from Swansea as well. All good young um, attacking players who you know know the English game very well. If the worst happens, then we know that they're very good in the Championship as well. If we go back down, so that will give us a good shot to uh, to come back up. Um, a couple of uh, I guess wild card players as well, slightly slightly more punts, I suppose. Which uh, Lise Mousset is very much uh, you know very much falls into that category. It's actually mental to me that United would spend ten million on a punt, but that's kind of what it looks like. So we'll see how that one pans out, but. Uh, him and Ravel Morrison is the other one I'd throw into that category. They all sort of come together to give us quite a nice clutch of, um, I guess, fast attacking players that can kind of create a shot out of nothing, which is is not something we've really had for quite a long time. So that's all very exciting. The other one is Ben Osborne from Nottingham Forest gives us cover at left wing back as well. So we're fairly well set, I think, and overall very, very happy with, uh, with what we've done in the summer. Um, so yeah, I think we're in a good position. Obviously, the goal is to try and survive, um, and I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I think we will we will try and attack games. That's what we've done all the while along under Wilder. You know, we very rarely play for a draw. Um, in fact, we probably never play for a draw. To be honest, we try and win pretty much every game. Obviously, that will be difficult against the very best teams in England, but. 
I think the fact that we will be aggressive and play in a front foot manner means that we'll win more games than I think people will expect us to. And yeah, hopefully we can get to the sort of 10 or 11 wins that will probably keep us up and you know, give us another season to, uh, to try and build on. Um, in terms of Saturday's game, I mean, one thing we have seen under Wilder is we've started each of his three seasons very poorly and traditionally lost the first couple of games or you know, two out of the first three. I'm curious as to how this will go because I know Bournemouth have some injury issues, which I'm, I'm very sad that David Brooks won't be playing. Actually, I was really, you know, it was a, uh, you could just tell he was a great talent for us, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how he kind of develops in the, in his second season in the Premier League. But yeah, I, I wonder if um, you know that gives us a bit more of an opportunity to to get a good start to the season, I suppose. Um, but yeah, we have traditionally started quite slowly. There's a lot of new players. I'm not sure all of them will will start, obviously, so there'll be some integration issues there. Um, so, uh, yeah, this will probably please uh, Bournemouth followers more than uh, more than United ones, but I will predict a defeat for Sheffield United. I think we will score a goal, but we'll probably concede a few as well. So I'll go 2-1 Bournemouth, but uh, hopefully some encouraging signs for the rest of our season. Uh, some interesting thoughts there from Ben from the Blades pod and he mentions the AFC Bournemouth sort of blueprint that's what they're looking to do and I mean they did incredibly well last season Jeff did you did you see much of Sheffield United last season I saw a few of their games the the one I the one I remember most um, was the game they played against Leeds at Elland Road, which was a kind of must-win uh, six-pointer yeah. in that promotion battle. I don't know if you saw that one, Sam, but uh, they look well-organised. They look a good side on the counter, uh, and they had a great team spirit. So I guess if, if Ben's talking about the Bournemouth blueprint, a lot yeah. of it is down to kind of emulating what we've got in terms of that that team ethic, that organisation, and that way of playing. That that uh, everybody knows what their job is. Yeah. Yeah, now, uh, I must admit, I didn't watch that game. And you know what? When Bournemouth got promoted, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not I'm not going to be one of these fans that just watches the Premier League match. I'm going to be watching, you know, the Football League show and all that kind of stuff. But then they moved it to Channel 5. And then from Channel 5, it was on at, like, Sunday at 9 o'clock. And then they, it's on some channel called Quest now. I, I'm not even sure whether I've got it. Um, so it's been very difficult to keep abreast with what's going on in the championship. Of course, I sort of see the results. But as... Um, as for kind of watching individual matches, sometimes uh, I did watch individual highlights on the Sky Sports website of certain matches. And uh, this is why I'm not convinced uh, about Tyrone Mings. Um, but, you know, we'll sort of not talk about this for too long. But I, I, I did still see him make some absolute bloopers um, for, you know, for Aston Villa in terms of his sort of distribution. And that's why I thought, you know, for 26 million, you we've actually done all right here but um no i mean all the best to him anyway and of course sheffield united i mean everyone hopes that uh you know they're going to do well because they are the underdog once again and they are f- favorites for relegation just like say cardiff were last season but cardiff you know they they put they sort of put up a fight but uh i think well i would like to think you know given the squad that we've got we've surely got too much for them on saturday haven't we well, it does feel it does feel a lot like the start to last season. You know, Cardiff came here, they got promoted. Uh, they came with a reputation as being a well-organised uh, side with a good yeah. team spirit. Um, 
but we won that game in the end relatively comfortably from what I can remember and so I think it's going to be a tough gig for Sheffield United to get something out of this game um, yeah. they have made some really interesting signings and and you wonder whether those signings will have bedded in by now I mean we talked about Lise Mousset but they've they've got uh, Ollie McBurney from Swansea who scored a lot of goals in the championship last season uh, yeah. They've got they've got Phil Jagielka, you know, very experienced centre half. Mm. Whether he plays or not is another matter, but you know he knows his way around a Premier League pitch. And then um, Ravel Morrison. Yes, I mean, of course. <laughs> did you hear? I heard I heard that it, one of his problems when he played for West Ham was that he didn't actually like playing uh, away from home because he didn't travel very well and didn't eat. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, um, I've heard I've heard a lot of things about him, and uh, certainly an interesting signing. I mean, obviously, you know, the manager's got a, a little bit of work to do in terms of man management if he's got him and Lise Musay in the same squad. Um, but let's talk about Bournemouth. Yeah, but in terms of Bournemouth, uh, there are a few positions that are up for grabs. There are some. There are some that are certain to be in there, you would think. I'm talking sort of, you know, Callum Wilson, Nathan Ake. Um, but, I mean, goalkeeping-wise, uh, in one of the previews, uh, sorry, the fan thoughts, someone said um, they'd like to see Ramsdale. What's your thoughts? I think it's really tricky. You know, we've got four goalkeepers, but mm. honestly, I couldn't tell you who he's going to choose to um, to stay between the sticks on uh, Saturday. I have no idea at this point. Aaron Ramsdale got a lot of great reviews when he was at Wimbledon last year. In fact, uh, yeah. a Wimbledon fan I know said that he was the reason they stayed up. Wow! Yeah, he seemed to uh, he seemed to sort of he did you know adopt that crazy gang mentality. I know you know AFC Wimbledon's uh, a slight change now, but uh, yeah. Uh, he did very well there and he kept an amazing number of clean sheets. I think it was like six in 12 games that effectively, yeah, you know, made them stay up. But I, I he did make a few errors in the, in the preseason, in the last preseason match that I saw in terms of his distribution, but shot stopping wise, it, he's not, um, you know, that's undoubted how much talent he's got there. However, I mean, I would probably go for Arta Boric. Uh, I know some are I, saying yeah, that, uh, Mark yeah. Travers, etc. but I think Arta Boric just swings it for me. I think it will be Boric. I think uh, Begovic still looked a little bit flaky in that game against Lazio the other night. Um, and, yeah. you know, we need somebody solid and reliable. Travers, I think, unproven. He did fantastically against Spurs in that in his debut game. But against Palace the week after to ship five, you know, and I know it wasn't all his fault. But mm, you've got to think Boric is the safe choice. Yeah. Completely. And, um, you know, there are various other positions. I mean, would you be starting any of our new signings? For instance, do you think Harry Wilson, Philip Billing, are they going to get games? You know, Danger Mouse? Sorry. Danger, <laughs> Danger Mouse. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think the problem area is the back four. So I think he'll yeah, probably agreed. go with Ake and Cook. Uh, yeah, and so it's either going to be Rico or Daniels, what with Lloyd Kelly being out. Um Maybe uh, Stacey, uh, you know, I I can't see uh, Metham getting a game from, mm. in the starting lineup. I don't know about you, Sam. Well, some people are saying, you know, of course, Adam Wilson, Adam Wilson, sorry, Adam Smith, very versatile, um, can obviously, you know, go left back if he needs to. And, you know, maybe Jack Stacey will fit in at right back. Who knows? Um, one thing we were pretty sure of is that Ryan Fraser will be, 
you know, on one side. Uh, the other winger, Jordan Ivey's bit. I mean, uh, who knows what's going to happen? The transfer deadline window. I'm not sure if it's sh- shut yet or not. But Jordan Ivey's been sort of touted with a move away as well. Um, so yeah, there, you know, there's a lot still to um, consider. But I'd love to see Harry Wilson starting, to be honest. I think it would be great if he could pair Wilson with Lerma in midfield. I think that'd be terrific. Um, and what about Stanislas? Is he still long-term in- injured, uh, Sam? Uh, I think he is, and his legs are made of glass or something because he always... Uh, unfortunately, he's just one of these types of players that will always pick up injury. I mean, he's a talent. We know how much of a talent he is. He's a good, you know, dead ball specialist. However, um, unfortunately, you know, it's coming to that stage where he is using up a squad position that could be outsourced to someone else, either be on loan or um, a permanent signing. And I think this season's massive for him. And there's a number of players that have got huge huge seasons ahead of them he he is definitely one of them but it I mean it's going to be Callum and Josh up top and Josh I thought did really well in the friendly against Leon he tracking back he was athletic he was quick scored his goal where they combined really well at the end he hassled and harried the defender and then laid it on to Wilson who unselfishly squared it straight back and it was an open goal for him I'm so excited to see these two in action I'm actually rubbing I'm rubbing my hands together with glee they're a fantastic combination and I think what what Josh King does is that energy level he allows he allows us to drop back to a five in midfield you know he works at the top of that that midfield doing really yeah. well chasing a lot of balls down blocking a lot of defenders off um, but he's great in attack too so I think he'll, he'll probably go with maybe even Billing and Lerma in that central midfield um, yeah. I think and maybe Dan Juma gets a, a game on the left and Ryan on the right I don't know what do you think uh I don't think Dan Juma's going to be starting I, I I would love to be thinking Ryan Fraser and Harry Wilson but all will be revealed, but Jeff, I'm going to have to push you for this. You know, we did it with Sean and some of his predictions were wildly out, but what are your thoughts? What is your prediction? Full time, five o'clock, or I don't know, it could be half past five if we have so many VAR decisions. Who knows? Um, what are your thoughts? Who is it? I mean, what's the score going to be and who's going to be on the score sheet? I think it's going to be a 1-0 and I'm thinking it's Wilson, Callum Wilson to Fraser, 1-0, first game of the season. I'm going for a 2-0 and Callum Wilson will be there again, but I've I've got a feeling Jefferson Lerma is going to pop up as well. Ooh, good choice. Yeah, should be an interesting one. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for your thoughts. And uh, yeah, we're going to be, of course, here on Monday. Well, in the inbox of your podcast app, whichever app it is, it's going to be sort of around 8am and we're going to be reviewing everything. But there's just a few more bits to say before we go. So it really has been great to be back. And Jeff, I've got to say, it, it really does sound like you've done radio before. Uh, I suppose in terms of a debut, you, you've been nothing like a Dale Gordon, more of a, more of a Kenwin Jones. So uh, top work, mate. Uh, pleased to have you here. Uh, now, before we leave you for a few days, I would just like to let you know that Back of the Net is... Ugh, 
we're going to do it venturing into the world of youtube nothing major but we're going to do some videos and chats outside the ground in the car park just behind the ted mcdougall stand so if you want to feature on the channel come along we'll have a quick chat it's going to be nothing like your arsenal fan tv because i don't think we've got the fan blood ham roll type characters as they do what's this troops and dt is it claude and ty i don't really think we've got those kind of characters but it will certainly give afcb an unofficial presence on youtube now i know that ollie may uh if you're listening hello may um he does some great content he's got loads of subscribers but it's kind of AFC Bournemouth general football related. Uh, he does some brilliant uh, you know, Bournemouth fan videos, so do give him a subscribe. And also the AFCB fan page on Instagram. They've got loads of followers and appreciate them earlier in the week giving us a bit of a shout out too. So thank you very much. Uh, but the idea is to build an, an AFC Bournemouth uh, sort of fan base channel on YouTube. Plus it's going to help us uh, save a little bit of work because we can use your audio on Monday for the podcast and previously I was constantly asking people can you do can you do an audio clip can you do an audio clip and it just it just got a little bit of a strain so if you fancy getting on air uh, thanks very much uh, finally I would I would also uh, like to say thanks for the support on social media this week uh, and if you've enjoyed this show you could help us out by doing one or two things or or both uh, give the show a retweet or share with a comment and also please subscribe too now we will be back in your podcast inbox on Monday morning with a review of the game and we certainly want your feedback so uh, call us voice note us or come along as I say it really will be appreciated it's it is hard to put this all together uh, but whilst I sort of manage to work out the best format going forward we'll we'll take it on and it'll be more of a collaborative approach it's just not going to be a duo it's going to be as many people uh, involved as want to be involved so All that remains for me to say is enjoy the game on Saturday. And for now, this has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Back to Cook having drawn two defenders in Jordan 9. Steve Cook sees the headlines, drives it for goal, spilt and Ake! Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.